It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It is Locked On Jazz for the 2nd of July. LeBron is a Laker. Paul George stays in Oklahoma City. The Jazz meet with Derek Favors. What does it all mean to the West? What do the Jazz do next? We talk about it on Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Jazz NBA insider, this is your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, information, little expertise maybe, and maybe a peek behind the curtains as well as a lot of geeky numbers along the way. Uh, we've got a ton to cover, and we will get right to it. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Summer League starts today. Trey Young against Jaron Jackson, 5 o'clock game. And then if uh, that one will be on NBA TV. Jazz Spurs, so Grayson Allen versus Lonnie Walker. They played against each other in college this year. Uh, Grayson did not have a very good game, at least statistically. And Lonnie Walker had an okay game. Uh, that one will match up at 7 o'clock on KJazz and Tape Delayed on NBA TV. All right, let's get to the big stories. Today's show brought to you by Murdoch Chevy, as well as Utah Advocates. So LeBron is a Laker. Uh, it fits the narrative that I was trying to sell. Uh, I don't know that I was right, quite honestly, but it fits the narrative that I was that I believed. Um Two things. What I've been saying kind of this whole time is that people that I know that are close to LeBron have always said he doesn't do anything by accident, that everything is is really planned out, and uh, more than that, that uh, he has bigger visions than what I think we credit him for. And so what I... If you kind of look at his career now, he starts in Cleveland. He's drafted there, no choice. He goes to Miami in a very concerted effort to win a championship. He learns how to win a championship in Miami. And then from after learning how to win a championship in Miami, he comes back to win the championship for Akron. And now, as I said this whole time, I just didn't I just thought the line of thinking that LeBron was going to make this decision based on the chance to win another championship was was not an accurate way to look at things. That instead, this was a bigger play to me. I think the Lakers work for him, but this is a bigger play. This is about clutch sports. This is about his marketing group. This is about getting into movies. This is about... I think this is a bigger play. His basketball season this last year was his legacy in Cleveland. He was going to leave no doubt that he gave every ounce of everything he had to Cleveland. Uh, he is uh, pro- he gave them every ounce of every uh, bit that he would, uh, of, of his body, of his mind, of his soul. And now, and his legacy is established in the NBA. There's not, there's no question of where he fits 
in the history of the game. And so this, to me, is just a much larger move. Now, and that's why he went by himself. And it's why maybe he gets Kawhi, and maybe he gets a championship. It's why he signed a four-year contract. Yeah, it's about basketball, and they're going to win because LeBron's there, and LeBron's going to put pressure on them to build, and LeBron believes he can bring players to play with him, and he's probably right, and Kawhi wants to come, and other people are going to want to come to L.A., and he'll probably win, and I don't know if he ever wins a championship, but I don't think it Matt in his legacy of his lifetime, this was a lifetime move. That's what I've thought the whole time. I never thought it was about winning. It's why Philadelphia wasn't really in the conversation. It's why Boston wasn't in the conversation. It's why Houston wasn't really in the conversation. It was either stay in Cleveland or change all of the elements of his empire in life. And that's what he did. And he's got every right to do that. And now the West is loaded with another star, which is just hard to handle. But that's, to me, what happened. It's why he was willing to go by himself. It's really, and, and I don't know that I was right, because, frankly, I couldn't have been more wrong um, with what, the, what happened with Paul George. And so um, I think that's, you know, like I, I, I'm just fitting the narrative that I thought the whole time. Okay? And, I, and, and to that, I... You know, I, I don't mean to be self-serving, I guess, but that's truly what I believe. Now, Paul George, I missed. I missed. I missed really badly. I didn't think there was a chance he was staying in Oklahoma City. I didn't think there was a chance he wanted to play with Russ. Clearly, he did. Now, I'm not, you know, there's some elements to this. Did he? Somebody said that, you know, the, the beauty of playing with Russ is he takes all the heat. And, you know, Paul George had an awful game six against the Jazz, and you hear almost nothing about it. And that might be right. Uh, That might be the truth. That Paul George has not had the clutchest career in his life, has never been in the spotlight, Fresno State, Indiana, Oklahoma, and was uncomfortable in Dela. And comfortable with having Russ be his shield. The other thing that could have happened here, by the way, is that the Lakers didn't have a spot for him. So, the Lakers didn't have enough room to clear, as I said on the last show I did on Thursday, the trick for the Lakers is they probably have to trade Brandon Ingram to be able to go get Kawhi Leonard, and they also have to trade Brandon Ingram to move Luel Deng. So, I'm not sure that the Lakers actually had the mechanism totally lined up by which they could go get Paul George. They didn't have two max contracts and a Kawhi Leonard trade in their bag of goods. That wasn't a possibility. So now Paul George has a choice of waiting out to see if something happens to the Lakers. It's clear LeBron's going there. Or go to Philadelphia, which he never talks to, or take a huge ton of money and stay in Oklahoma. And I think that, you know, the Carmelo leadership was one the biggest takeaway I had from that playoff series with them was the fact that Carmelo had a, a tremendous professional impact on Russ and Paul George. He couldn't play anymore the way he once did, but he had a professional impact on them that was significant. And seeing that 
I wonder if, if quite simply, the message was, go get the money. Like, go get the money. And we don't necessarily know that Philadelphia was offering Paul George a four-year max deal. So there's an interesting aspect that I, hey, I didn't think Paul George wanted to stay. Uh, and obviously he did, and he signed it quickly. But Paul George's agent is really good. Uh, he's also D'Angelo Russell's agent who uh, got traded from the Lakers and has a little bit of a bad history with the Lakers. That's worth noting. And so I, I, there's a possibility that Paul George, for as much, didn't actually have all the options they thought. Huge tip of the hat to Oklahoma City. Okay? Like, I, I, like I'm, I probably missed on this one because I just can't believe anybody wants to be in Oklahoma City. Um, and my own personal bias, and that's how you make mistakes, is you have a personal bias. But I, you've got to give a huge tip of the hat to OKC, to running the risk, and doing what everyone says you should never do, which is take a player on a one-year deal when you know he might leave. And they did it, and they kept him, and tip of the hat, and they're going to be good for a long time. So I think that one of these teams got way, way better, and I think the other team I'm not as sold on, and I'll talk about that when we continue. Today's show brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. I'm driving the Chevy Colorado, and I could not... Uh, if you're looking for a mid-sized truck, and I'm not... like This has been an eye-opening brand new experience to me because I was not a truck guy before I took the Silverado, was blown away, drove it, uh, the amazing luxury feel on that. The Chevy truck... Is more So the Silverado blew my mind. I never knew you could have a truck that was that luxurious with that much room. It felt like sitting on a Lazy Boy chair when you're driving. I could have driven it for hours. If I did. Only concern was it was so comfortable and so smooth and so quiet that I might like doze off or something. This feels like a truck, and it's really fun. I have the diesel version of the Chevy Colorado. It's great for golf clubs and all the stuff you throw in the back in the summer work you're going to do, and you have the bed. It's got great space seating for it. Diesel's got the... Good gas mileage for a truck. Got great power. Check it out. Chevy's got an unbelievable line of trucks right now. And Murdoch Chevy's got it going for you because they've been together for 91 years in the state of Utah. Murdoch Chevy and Utah all together. 91 years of this relationship. Uh, Check it out. Tyson runs the place down in Woods Cross. He's a great dude. See him down there as well. Murdoch Chevy, 4th of July. Lots of fun going on. Uh, there, and you get the Murdoch's No Regret, which is car washes for life, oil uh, safety inspection for life, five-day price match guarantee, at all great stuff. Absolutely all great stuff. It is locked. It is Murdoch Chevy uh, in Woods Cross. Check it out. Stop by for the 4th of July weekend and pick yourself up a Chevy truck. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I think one of these two teams has gotten way better, and it's not the Lakers. I'll go back to last year when the Thunder signed Paul George before they had traded for Carmelo. And they had Jeremy Grant as their power forward. I had them as the number two team in 
the Western Conference. Now, the Rockets turned out to be much better than I thought. Though, my numbers also, by the way, had the Rockets as equal to the Warriors as the best offense. So, I mean, I had those top three in a completely different class. In a completely different class. I have to believe the math is such the Thunder are going to stretch and release Carmelo Anthony. The numbers are just so dramatic. I think they have no choice. But then... That team, the re-signing of Jeremy Grant's a big deal for the Thunder. That that's the jump that I see is that that they're terrific, and that the West is now three teams. A reason injury hurts the Rockets, but I still see see them to be the best. The three best teams to me in a class above everyone else now are the Thunder without Carmelo, the Rockets, and the Jazz. Excuse me, the Rockets and the Warriors. And then the next tier is the Jazz. But the Lakers getting LeBron definitely makes the Lakers better. Their next moves were strange. So Contavious Caldwell-Pope gets paid again, and I get that Contavious Caldwell-Pope is one of their clutch guys. But it seems a little strange because Contavious Caldwell-Pope's Offensive efficiency is not very good. And so, yeah, they got Le- LeBron's great. and they'll. But Cleveland last year, who I think is a better roster than the Lakers, and in the Eastern Conference was fourth, with LeBron putting together one of the greatest years of all time. Right? They were fourth in the East last year. With LeBron having an unbelievable year. And Julius Randle was the best offensive player on the Lakers last year. If he doesn't come back, we don't know yet. But he was great. His pack was 1.3. Josh Hart was good. His pack was 0.5. Contavious Caldwell-Pope was 0.1. Every other offensive player on that team's pack was minus. Now, I expect that Kyle Kuzma will probably be a little bit better next year. But that's not... And they were pretty decent defensively, but LeBron's no longer a defensive stalwart at 50,000 minutes. So I don't see this Lakers as the fourth team in the Western Conference. I think Pelton had them near 50 wins. I thought Rachel Nichols asked a great question. Like, when they're 30 and 30 in the middle of February, how is LeBron going to feel about things? I mean, I think LeBron made a decision that's big, for him that's bigger than basketball. But it still means he's got to live in the basketball world with it. And that might be the one thing he hasn't fully grasped yet. Lance Stevenson? JaVel McGee? In a locker room that has already shown tremendous immaturity? Those were not good signings. Lance Stevenson should have come in for free. Lance Stevenson was a minus 1.1 pack. He's not a good offensive player anymore. And I'm not totally convinced he's a great defensive player. So the Lakers signings, other than, and, and Rob Palinka and Magic Johnson deserve a lot of credit. The D'Angelo Russell trade, the Jordan Clarkson trade, those things allowed them to get to the point where they then had the money to make these deals, and they should get a lot of credit for that. But we don't know that that group can build a roster. We haven't seen the roster building yet of those two in a manner that makes you believe that that they necessarily know how to do this. They're 
pretty they, – they deserve great credit. They set this up. L.A. was the right city. They used L.A.'s advantage as it always has been, whether it was for Kareem or Shaq or LeBron. I mean, this is a reoccurring theme in the NBA. This is not new. Look, Kareem did this first, and, you know, maybe Wilt Chamberlain did this first, and then Kareem did it, and then Shaq did it, and, and now LeBron's doing it. Guys, guys want to be in L.A. There's a, lot, there's a lot to L.A. The weather's incredible. You're making a bunch of money. But these other moves aren't that good. Lance Stevenson, the defensive player, the Pacers' defensive rating with him on the floor was a 109 last year. With him off the floor, it was a 102. So he's not a very good defensive player or an offensive player, statistically. JaVel McGee is JaVel McGee. There's some value to what he has, but he's a luxury. His contract isn't that bad. Lance, why they paid Lance, I don't know. And why they paid Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I don't know. And now they're a little hamstrung. Now, see what happens with Julius Randle. If they wave him, they can clear some space. But as I said a moment ago, Julius Randle was their best offensive player. The Thunder, on the other hand, terrify me. Because they get rid of Carmelo, and Westbrook was terrible last year for his standards. He put up a lot of great numbers, but it is not... Russell Westbrook was a minus 1.6 pack last year. He had a terrible, terrible offensive year. I don't think he has that bad an offensive year again. I don't think he's that bad an offensive player. And their only other negative guys that they had were Raymond Felton and Carmelo Anthony, and they probably get rid of both of them. So to me, when I start laying this thing out, I see Oklahoma City's made this huge jump. LeBron's grabbing the headlines. I, I see... Le- I see the Lakers battling for a playoff spot. As great as LeBron is. I mean, I'm not dismissing that at all, but I also think there's a chance that LeBron has, in the back of his mind, you know, knows. Like, you know. You know. You know whether you have a chance or not. And if that roster doesn't change, LeBron knows they don't have a chance. They're building something, maybe, or his focus is on his media empire. Or the fact that he wanted to be has said he wanted to be a billionaire. Like those are all legit. He has the right to do that. He's using his platform, his name, his stardom perfectly. But I'm not it makes the West better. And if they get Kawhi, then we can dock. But I'm not as convinced as everybody else on this. The Jazz have been the top five team in the Western in the NBA both the last two years and probably top three in the or better in the Western Conference. Derek Favors. Talk on that coming up here in a second. Today's show is brought to you by the Advocates. Uh, The Advocates are uh, personal injury attorneys. Uh, Matt's built the Advocates up over 25 years, and the coolest thing he's done is he has built a system for efficiency, which leads to productivity, which leads to better communication with the clients. Here's how it works. A lawyer calls you within 60 seconds. And once the lawyer calls you at 801-355-5550, they get your case into the system, understand what you need. Now it's into the checklist. And there are experts along the way. Your sharpshooter, your rebounder, your backup point guard, whatever it might be if you think about a team. And they've got a 106-step process that the advocates have built so that you get taken care of, get you good results, make sure nothing bad happens to you and treat you well. See, all accidents are different. 
but the process to get you the end result is the same because less than 1% go to trial and 3% go to arbitration. Efficiency means productivity, which means communication, which means expediting the process and making a better experience for you. It's experts at the task inside the process that are the key that make Utah advocates the best there is. 801-355-5550. That's 801-355-5550. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Jazz met with Derek Favors, sounds like for three hours, according to Derek, which led to a fun little uh, emojis and all those various different things. They're expecting to make a decision today. We have not heard. Here's what's interesting on this. Here are the power forwards now in the Western Conference. P.J. Tucker, think about Derek. Derek, These are the guys Derek has to guard as a four. P.J. Tucker, Kevin Durant, Paul George, George, uh, uh, Gorgie Zhang in Minnesota, Zach Collins or uh, Al Furukaminu in Portland, Nikolai Mirotic in New Orleans, Tobias Harris with the Clippers, Paul Millsap with the Nuggets, LeBron James with the Lakers, Harrison Barnes with the Mavericks, not sure on the Spurs. Maybe still Pau Gasol, but probably not. Maybe Davis Bertans. Don't know. Um, TJ Warren in Phoenix in all likelihood. Sacramento, don't know. And Jaron Jackson Jr. in Memphis. Like, it's an interesting... Um, it's an interesting task of how... Not only is the West, you know, getting better, um, or Trevor Ariza in Phoenix. I, I, I'm assuming that if Ariza's playing the three, Booker's playing the two, and they're going to slide um, T.J. Warren down to the four and then play um, in that manner. Uh, well, let's see. Or probably their draft pick last year. Yeah, so maybe T.J. Warren's going to come off the bench. Maybe Booker's going to become a one. Maybe. Um, who knows? Um, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting team. Like there's just not a lot of bad teams, but so that's Derek's task as a four is PJ Tucker, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Gorgie Zhang. He can handle that. He, he guards Carl Anthony Towns, actually. Zach Collins or Al Farouk Aminu, Nikolai Miritich, Tobias Harris, Paul Millsap, LeBron James, Harrison Barnes. David Davis Bertans, I don't know who San Antonio's for is. Phoenix, whatever we just decided. Um, Sacramento, and then Jaron Jackson Jr. now in Memphis. It's hard. It's going to be out on the floor a lot. A lot of different, a lot of really, really different, hard assignments for Derek defensively. The Jazz have remarkably been able to do it, right? The defense with Derek Favors on the floor, with Rudy Gobert has been great. The Jazz defense has been less good when Derek's on the floor as a center, interestingly enough. So the Jazz have been able to do it, but it just feels like that task is getting harder and harder and harder. But 
that's maybe where the Jazz have their uniqueness. See, this is the thing. For all the talk about the Lakers this and the Thunder this, the Jazz still have what makes them elite. What makes the Jazz elite is that you're one of the top five defensive teams in the league. And you need to be a top five offensive or defensive team to advance to the second round of the playoffs. Seven of the eight teams last year in the NBA were a top five offensive or defensive team in in the league. The only one that wasn't was New Orleans, who beat Portland, who wasn't either. So when you ask yourself about the Thunder, are they top five? Absolutely. Defensively, they're going to be top five. That's why I think they've made a big jump. Phoenix or Houston, top five offensively. Golden State, top five offensively. Utah, top five defensively. Let's see where things go with New Orleans. Can they they can they be top five? Now he suddenly got five teams shooting for that. Can Portland get to be back to top five defensively as they were for part of the year? I don't think so. But those are the can Denver be top five offensively? Maybe. Can Minnesota be top five offensively? Maybe. Got a lot. Oh, my gosh. Well, every single one of these teams is Western Conference. But even the Eastern Conference teams were top five in something. Cleveland was top five. The Lakers are not going to be top five in anything. So, there's, that's why I'm not in the school of thought that the Lakers have suddenly jumped the jet. The Jazz still have what makes them one of the best teams in the NBA is the best defensive player in the world at the center and one of the elite players. If the Jazz re-sign Derek, then they move into the direction of the analogy that I called they have a really nice salad and you just add an ingredient or two. Tabo Cephalosha has deal has been guaranteed, so as of right now, he's back. He's also tradable, but he's back. And... The, so, you, I mean, you never know who's back, right? That's my point. I'm not saying they're about to trade him. I'm just saying you, don't, you never know who's back. Uh, so that is the, the, the key thing here is that the Jazz still have their ability to be elite. So that I'm not buying into this entire idea that, you know, I, I, I heard some not very good analysis from some people saying, oh, well, the Jazz is a team to follow the playoffs. No, probably not. Now, Right, what gets awfully tricky is you tell me to go rank the top five offensive teams in the NBA, and I'm taking Warriors, Rockets, Wolves, Nuggets as four of the five. And you give me the top five defensive teams in the NBA, and I'm taking Jazz, Celtics, 76ers, Thunder, and I don't know who the fifth is. Right? And and so, yeah. Now that gets brutal. Because that's suddenly... Seven of those eight teams are Western Conference teams. And we're trying to... And you're only... Four of them making the second round of the playoffs. But the Lakers aren't one of those teams. Did I disrespect somebody? I mean, Toronto was Toronto probably deserves something in here. Toronto was the third best offense and fifth best defense, and they they haven't changed anything except for they've added a new coach. And the Spurs were the fourth best defense in the league last year, without Kawhi Leonard playing the year. 
Thunder were 10th best, but I think they'll be better. Right, so throw the Raptors in there on one side of that table. At least, I I don't see why the Raptors wouldn't be. They've been a top offensive team for all those years. So throw throw the Raptors in there as the next offensive team. And maybe I've overestimated the Nuggets. I've given the Nuggets Cleveland spot. Cleveland's not going to be there anymore. Those are the, the Lakers aren't in that mix. The Jazz still have what makes them unique and great, and that's defense. But if I'm projecting Warriors, Rockets, Wolves, Nuggets, Raptors are my five best offensive teams in the league. And if I'm projecting defense, Jazz, Celtics, 76ers, Thunder, and probably just got to stay with the Spurs until they prove otherwise. Right? They've been that good defensively for that long. All right, we'll see what happens with Derek today. If he actually makes the announcement, I'm sure the Midnight Post this podcast will be up. If I have to do an emergency one, I'll try. This is Locked On Jazz. Talk to you on NBA TV today at 5. Have a great one. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get this at LockedOnJazz.net or UtahJazz.com slash LockedOnJazz. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.